Continuing coverage of the uh, tragic death of Kobe Bryant. Uh, nine people killed in a helicopter crash outside of Calabasas. Kobe Bryant among them, along with his uh, 13-year-old daughter, Gianna. Uh, Steve Mason, along with Andy Kamenetsky and Brian Kamenetsky. We talked about how this extends beyond the sport of basketball. Tiger Woods on CBS today talked about Kobe's passing. Tiger, hearts are heavy all over the world today with the news of Kobe Bryant's passing. I know this is hard for you. He was a friend, but you wanted to say a couple words about him. You know, Amanda, I I didn't know until Joey just told me coming off uh, 18 Green. Um, I didn't really understand why uh, the people in the gallery were saying doing it for Mamba. Um, but now I understand. Um, it's a shocker to everyone. Um, un- un- unbelievably sad and um, one of the more tragic days that uh, I think, well, for me, it's just, the rally is just kind of sitting in because um, I was just told probably about you know five minutes ago. You've been a Lakers fan your entire life. I know what Kobe meant to you. Joe and Joe LaCava says that you guys talk about him a lot on the golf course. What will you remember most about him as a player, but most importantly, as as a man and father? The fire. Um, He burned so competitively hot and uh, the desire to win. Um, He brought it each and every night on both ends of the floor. I mean, not too many guys can can say that uh, throughout NBA history that um, he'd lock up on D. Obviously, he was dominant on the offensive side, but uh, anytime he was in the game, he'd, he'd take on their, their, their best player and uh, shut him down for you know all 48 minutes. And um, that was one of the more impressive things I think throughout his entire career. And then you know when he ruptured his Achilles and went to the foul line and made his shots. I mean that's that's tough. That is tough. I think in a lot of ways that was the moment that expresses who Kobe Bryant was uh, after a calamitous injury, uh, just walking to the free throw line and making those two shots said everything about who Kobe Bryant is. To to understand that moment, all the things that must must have been going through. First, just from a practical standpoint, they needed those free throws to win a game to get themselves into the playoffs, a playoffs now that he's not going to play in. Yeah. And he knows it. And he knows it. And, you know, an Achilles injury, yeah, he did come back from it, but this is something that, you know, rightly we thought at the time could be the last game he played. And in point of fact, he really wasn't the same player after that. And he didn't know if he was ever going to play again. And, you know, all of these things and the amount of work and the amount of effort and the, I think we underestimate sometimes as, as sports fans, the amount of themselves that people put into becoming a professional athlete, let alone the one at, at Kobe Bryant's level, and to know that in this instant, everything that you've ever worked for could be done. Yeah. And you don't get a chance to go out the way you want to. And you won't get a chance to compete for a championship. You won't get a chance to do all of these things. And to step to the free throw line and make both of these free throws with all of that going on in your brain is – probably the most incredible thing I've ever seen covering sports. It's, to me, the the pinnacle of Kobe's career. It's the greatest achievement of his career. And, and I've said this many times. I've written it many times. I am not convinced that any other athlete in the history of the NBA would have could have done that. Do that. I'm not sure yeah. most of them would have taken him. I right. think they would have gone but off I'm, the I'm not, and I mean, let somebody else do it. I am not convinced. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm not convinced any other NBA player in the history of the game could have done that just because of how difficult that is the the physical mental and emotional toughness that was required 
from Kobe in that moment. The focus and the ability to look past your entire life may be changing in that moment. And as it turned out, for all intents and purposes, professionally for Kobe, it did. The ability to get through those and, and, and to come through for his team when it really mattered. Again, I'm not sure anybody else could have done it. Uh, continuing to get details on the uh, the crash of that helicopter. Uh, just a few moments ago, uh, press conference from the National Transportation Safety Board. Members to the National Transportation Safety Board and Bill English, who will serve as the investigator in charge, also called the IIC for this investigation. The NTSB is launching a GO team to investigate an accident involving a Sikorsky 76B as in Bravo helicopter, which crashed around 9.47 a.m. Pacific Standard Time in Calabasas, California. On behalf of the NTSB, I'd like to extend our deepest sympathies to those who lost loved ones in this tragic event. In total, we'll have a team of 18 who will be investigating the accident with expertise in operations, human performance, airworthiness, structures, and power plants. And we already have a staff person from the regional office uh, on site. We will also have two staff members from our family assistance team who will be working with the families and other loved ones to help them get their resources uh, that they need over the next couple of days and months. We are leaving in a few minutes. I expect we'll arrive late tonight. We're likely to have a media briefing sometime tomorrow. Please monitor our Twitter which is NTSB underscore newsroom for those announcements. I have uh, time for a couple of qu- quick questions. If you'll raise your hand, uh, state your name and your affiliation. The question is, what, ty- what types of things will we be looking for? Our team will be looking at uh, the history of the pilot and whatever crew was on board. We'll be looking at maintenance records of uh, the helicopter. Uh, we will be looking at records of the, the owner and operator of the helicopter and a number of other uh, things that we look at as part of the investigation. Uh, you know, I, that's hard to tell. Uh, the question is how uh, how late will we be getting to work? We do have somebody who's on scene or en route uh, from our Western Region office, and so when we get on scene, we'll have to assess what we're able to do at that time. Fan Affigate Fox Five, uh, media on the ground is reporting nine people were killed in that crash. Does Sikorsky typically carry nine people in a helicopter that can? The question is how many people can be carried in the Sikorsky 76B. We are trying to figure out what the configuration of that helicopter is. It really just depends on the configuration. So that's something we're still trying to verify. One more question. Uh, 
Is it typical to send 18? And I should clarify, it's not a total of 18 investigators. That includes our investigative staff. That's uh, There's the investigative staff. There's the board members. There uh, are a couple from media relations. There's our family assistance team. Uh, and the... I think that covers it, but it's typical for any of our investigations. This does not change anything. Uh, we, this is just how we would respond to any investigation. Like, does this type of helicopter does this type of helicopter have a uh, black box? That's something we'll have to look to as part of, at, as part of the investigation. We're still on our way there. So, thank you very much. All right, there is a uh, press conference from the National Transportation Safety Board. Uh, They will be investigating the accident. Uh, I don't suspect that we're going to be getting uh, specific answers uh, even in the next... No, it'll take a while. Next next week. And I, I urge people either if they are trying to find out information or if you're on social media spreading information, be careful. Yeah. Be very careful. Don't retweet anything that you see automatically do due diligence or just wait. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, this this involves a lot of people. I, I want to mention, too, that um, if you are listening, uh, don't come to uh, L.A. Live. Um, there's a bit of a surreal scene uh, downstairs uh, right now. Uh, the Grammys are, uh, are taking place. Uh, they start in a little over an hour. Uh, and there are thousands of uh, Kobe Bryant fans, Laker fans that are also gathered in the plaza here at LA Live. So uh, please don't come and get it's, into this. I, I think everybody appreciates the, the the love that people have for Kobe and the feeling of wanting to be around other people who feel the same, but they're there's a lot going on here. Yeah, there's right? a lot so going just on. Be, be be aware of that. Uh, let's go to uh, Gus and Brentwood. Gus, you're on ESPN LA 710 ESPN. How are you? Um, as well as anybody can be on today, Mr. Yeah. Mason. And, um, you know, uh, when Kobe Bryant retired, you and John, I've been a fan of you guys' show for years. When you and John were on the air the day that Kobe retired, or I, I think it was the day of his last game or one of those, you guys told the audience to call in and state a word that gives your 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 view of Kobe Bryant on who he was. And people were calling in, uh, transcendent, he changed the game, he was a goat, he was this, he was that. I've got a different, I had a different word that I called in with, and I said life-saving. You see the reason why it was life-saving, it was because the year that Kobe joined the Lakers, my father ran out on my mother, my sister, and I. And I grew up in a part of Arizona that, you know, it wasn't Los Angeles. It wasn't a big thing for a kid my age at the time to go out and find something to do. No, it was either get lost in a life of drugs, like crime, gang life, and or do something. And my father, before he left, he raised me to be a Laker fan. And guess what? There was a little 17-year-old kid that was about to take the world by storm. And it was that excitement of every day, that running home to see if ESPN, TNT, or anybody would televise the games. And if not, I would be glued to Sports Center to catch a glimpse of number eight, number 34. But it was always Kobe Bryant. And Kobe kept me out of the, the, that nightlife of going and hanging out with those guys mm. that always wanted me to go out and do God knows what with them. But it was because of Kobe Bryant that he kept my ass in my room trying to watch the purple and gold. And I, you know, I met him once by chance at Wendy's Cafe in El Segundo years ago. But, you know, I cannot do anything 
but thank Kobe Bryant for what he did for me personally. And he, he saved my life. And um, that's all I got to say, guys. Thank you very much for taking the time to, to be on the air today. It's been a hard day. Um, I never knew him, but you know what? He changed the course of at least one kid, uh, you know, 20-something years ago. And uh, I'm getting emotional right now, guys. You guys take care. All right. Thanks, you know, guys. Hug your loved ones. and Yeah, take care, guys. All right. Not an unusual sentiment. No. I told you on my way in, I, I, a friend of mine texted me and said a little part of me died yeah. with this. We heard from O'Shea Jackson Jr. Like, this is a person whose accomplishments but also outlook. Uh, Pete Zayas, you know, at Laker Film Room, does such great stuff for, for us at The Athletic and then also at, at, at Spectrum, talking about recovering from surgery. Uh, we were very, you know, was in you know, four or five days in critical condition. Part of what brought him out was thinking. What would Kobe? How would Kobe handle sure. it? Like the 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 ethos of Kobe Bryant and the what he represented to people goes so far beyond basketball and just to how you approach your life. And it, the impact it, it is- reminds me a bit of a few years ago when Prince died. Yeah, and Jeff Katz and I happened to be doing a show either the day that he died or very soon afterwards. We did the entire show. We just took calls about Prince, and this is a sports show. But yeah. Prince's death touched so many people in so many different ways and he was bigger than just music and kobe is somebody that was bigger than just basketball like brian said he was an ethos but also his career after basketball was hugely successful in ways that had absolutely nothing to do with basketball and i mean you're going to see wall-to-wall coverage of this on networks that have nothing to do with sports yeah, yeah. because it's bigger than that um, it reminds me of when I was on the air in New York City and uh, JFK Jr. died, um, who died in a plane crash, yeah. um, private plane. And uh, because there was a mythical quality about him, yeah. um, about JFK Jr., there was a mythical quality uh, about Kobe Bryant. Um, he is, um, as you said, I think there's part of me is in disbelief. Part of me is still in disbelief as we sit here now. Um, it doesn't seem possible to me that that fire has been extinguished. It just doesn't seem possible. Uh, let's go to Angel in uh, South LA. Angel, you're on 710 ESPN. Hi, uh, yeah, um, tough morning all around. Um, I, I still remember watching uh, Kobe's last game we were at uh, Tom's Urban um, and part of me felt like he was dying you know forget it's just a game he's still going to be around so this one hits a little more at home we grew up in South Central and for us it was tough Kobe wasn't just a basketball player he was a, he was our hero um, it wasn't just about like oh you know let's play let's model our game after him it was that mentality that he instilled in all of us growing up um, when he retired, our childhood ended. We all tweeted, posted online that our childhood ended that day. And seeing him grow, you know, with that mentality and maintain it and still continue his life with it, instilled that passion in all of us in, the, in an area where we didn't have role models. We didn't have many people to look up to. Kobe, just alone with that mentality, with that face he gave, with that mama mentality day in and day out, gave us that energy to carry on throughout our days and push forward to do something better than we we could possibly think of. Again, Kobe wasn't just a basketball player. He was L.A. He was our hero. And, man, I'm still in disbelief. And to this day, this is the worst loss I've ever experienced in a public figure or anything 
close to um, L.A. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it, we were talking. I mean, most uh, networks have now gone to coverage. CNN is doing two hours tonight with Wolf Blitzer on. Um, MSNBC thing. called me right before I got here. Barack Obama tweeted out tweeted. his condolences. We, we've been reached out to from it's a, NBR. I mean, yeah, like this is a story. It's a huge story. Um, and I would imagine the the Grammys are going to happen. I imagine that that's going to be the way they start that show. I would think so. I mean, it's probably you're probably going to see more of these artists on the red carpet being asked about Kobe, yeah. than their own work. And there was a there was a point earlier in the day where the NBA wasn't sure if they were going to be able to you know, were, were going to play games or not today. And you know, a couple of the early games kind of had to go on because you already have fans in the building. You can't clear people out. It's not you know, there's safety issues or all kinds of other things that go along with it. Um, and you see these clips coming out of of different teams with different tributes and yeah. uh, taking 24 second violations. You know, and, and, and obvious symbolism there. And you know, but the the players in the Kobe they, shoes. I just saw right. I just saw one uh, a clip of Demar Derozan of, of Pop consoling Demar Derozan on the sideline after the Spurs game, and like, you just you realize how deeply ingrained Kobe Bryant was as both a, a as a mentor as a as a competitor as somebody they played against as a in the in the NBA life if you're somebody who's a little bit older and you played against him you have those memories if you're someone who's younger you, you grew idolized up with him, him and he was the guy that you well, especially someone like demar Derozan, who grew up i believe in compton yes so you know he grew up watching the first part of kobe's career before demar became a pro yeah so you know this is this is a guy that he idolized from up close before he eventually played against him at the same position uh, let's go to uh, James in Ventura. You're on 710 ESPN. Hey. Hey, guys. Yeah. Sad day. Uh, <laughs> hate to be a broken record, but, yeah, I mean, it, it just it feels like, you know, lost a childhood friend today, you know? Never never met the guy, but that's what it feels like. It feels like I lost a close close friend that I've known my whole life and stuff like that. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a 31-year-old white guy from Ventura, but I grew up pretending to be Kobe every time I stepped on a basketball court and – I mean, yeah, he, he meant he meant a lot to me growing up, and just me playing ball and and everything. All right, hey, uh, thanks, it, thanks for the phone call, man. Yeah, there aren't really words. Uh, it's uh, it's sudden, as you said earlier, Brian. Um, it's different uh, when someone is older, or when you get advance notice, or someone is sick and battling something. Uh, this is just being pulled out of the prime of your life, and he was in his prime. Forty-one as, years old. Yeah, I mean, you know, as a as a player, he was dumb, but as a as a, an entrepreneur and as a creator and as a storyteller, he was really just getting started. And it's and also too, just the way that this happened is so jarring. I mean, like you know, the idea of being in a helicopter that goes down. I mean, like it's very jarring in. in just thinking about the visuals of what was happening, you know, up to the point of Kobe's death, like it, it's very jarring. It's very unsettling. It's disturbing. Right. It's uns- beyond yeah. the ways that it would be with Kobe passing anyway. But this particular way, it, it's very unsettling. It makes it, I think, in a lot of ways, even harder to wrap your head around it because you don't want to. And, the, you know, as, as I mean, there's some news is starting to come out from 
from other sources. We're obviously being very, very careful about what we say on the yeah. air. Um, but you, you can find it out there from credible sources of other, other names and people who are, who are on the, on the helicopter. But, you know, earlier this morning, you know, it, it's tragic enough when you think it's five people who, who are on board. And then you learn it's, nine it's people. five people, one of whom is Kobe's da- oldest daughter. And then you learn it's nine people. And the, just this, the, the connectivity of, of families and communities, whether they're, uh, famous people, people we know well, people we don't know well, or whoever it might be. It's, I remember there was a, a point in my life where I realized it kind of dawned on me when you're driving down the, you're trying to get to work, whatever it might be, and, and you, you're listening to the traffic report and they say, you know, a, a crash with fatalities on the way to whatever. And you sort of, it's put in the context of how much longer is it going to take me to get from point A to point B? And then you, you reach a point in your life where you think about it, it's like, that there's there's a, f- a family here for whom those people are not coming home and now you realize you know you think about you know, the Bryant family just specifically obviously in our context and now you think about Vanessa and the rest of this family where you have a, a father and a husband and a child yes who are not coming home and it's just it's it's horrifying to 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 try to wrap your head around uh let me get one more phone call in here. Uh, let's go to Camillo in Boyle Heights. Uh, Camillo, hey. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Um, so like what everybody else is saying, of course, I'm a lifelong Kobe fan. I, I'm Kobe's age. Um, when he first came into the NBA, I had just joined the Marines. And uh, his his like work ethic and, and, and just toughest, those extra – effort, offensive rebounds late in games that go, like, uh, unaccounted for. And, and if people don't talk about those type of things, just that I really uh, I was able to identify with. Um, along with the whole Kobe thing back in the day, that was why, why I was such a big Kobe fan, because of the work. And that, I apologize. We've got a rough connection with you, Camilla, so we're going we're gonna to cut you off there. Um. Yeah, but yeah, like we're talking. I mean, like you know, Marines. They have a, a this is a pretty specific group of people who have a very specific ethic about them and drive and work ethic and commitment to uh to excellence, a commitment to you know each other and all these other things. And this is a person who's using Kobe Bryant as inspiration. Yeah, and as a measuring point of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just this unwillingness to settle for anything less than excellence. And if if you're lucky enough to find things in your life that you truly care about, you know, you can relate to that. I mean, like, I don't think any of us necessarily have that type of obsessive drive to the degree that Kobe did just because few human beings ever do. Yeah. But the three of us take seriously what we do yeah. in terms of either on air or, or writing or different creative ventures and I know that you know there's there's a part of that mentality when I'm writing something and I just keep tweaking it and tweaking it and tweaking yes. it and you know what it's probably fine but it's not the way I want it right and and that that type of mentality like that type of just drive to make something as good as it can be if you're associated with it and you have, you see yourself as having a responsibility to making something great that was Kobe just at a level that most people just either aren't capable of or aren't willing to go there. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to uh, wrap up my my portion of uh, of this. Um, 
Travis uh, Rogers is going to step in here. Kamenitsky brothers are going to continue to hang out. Uh, it's obviously a challenging day for all of us who are sports fans in Los Angeles, all of us who have been Kobe fans, uh, all of us who have just uh, marveled at what he accomplished both on the floor uh, and in his post-basketball career, short as it may have been. Um we will be here all week long, um, and uh, that that includes all of our shows. Uh, the The morning show will be on the air tomorrow. Uh, first thing with Keyshawn, Elsie, and Travis, um, we'll have uh, Brian and Andy on from noon until three tomorrow. Um, John and I will be on from uh, three until six thirty, and, and we'll continue to uh, be there for you and uh, with you. Uh, in the wake of this uh, tragedy. Uh, This is 710 ESPN.